Broadcasting from the Serve Coffee Studios in downtown Bethany. This is Sports Talk with a Purpose for OKC and the world. This is Crossover Radio Sports. And it's a new show here on Crossover Radio Sports called Retro Metro Sports. Hi, I'm Joel Reagan. Thanks for joining us on the show. We go back and talk about, well, Retro Metro Sports. That's in the name of the show. And we talk about old school stuff, discuss what would, what if scenarios, all kinds of opinions and stuff here on this 30-minute program on Crossover Radio Sports. I'm Joel Reagan. You probably hear me sometimes on Crossover Radio doing music stuff. Also do stuff with the Friday Night Finals on the Oklahoma News Network and Game Day Saturday. Our guest today, Rich Tortorelli. He's the uh, with Oklahoma City University. Rich, what ex- you have a fancy title? It's Associate Athletic Director. Is that right? Assistant Athletic Director for Communications at Oklahoma City University. Yeah, and you've been doing that for a long time. And we'll have you on talking about some OCU stuff sometime in the future as well. But first, let's uh, let's let's talk about uh, something that you and I covered many moons ago. Uh, a long time ago, I think we were both freshmen at UCO at the time, right, Rich? I think so. Um, December of nineteen ninety five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, working for the Bethany Tribune, covering uh, Putnam City North and Midwest City. And you're like, okay, Joel, why are you talking about a state championship game from almost, I guess, now what twenty five years ago? Um, why are you talking about that? Wow. Well. That was the last time we had somebody that wasn't residing on the east side of the state, mainly the Tulsa area, win a Class 6A state title in football. It was like a, a watershed moment. That, you know, and after that, it all became Jinx and Union and, you know, and, and Owasso and such. So, um, Rich, let's talk about that game first. Um, uh, it was a mismatch on paper. Um, Midwest City was coming off already winning a state title uh, in the year before in 94. And uh, good. I, by the way, I have to mention, too, that I, uh, in reading articles about this, Bob Wilson, the head coach at the time for Putnam City North, I love hearing his quotes. I love uh, the way he used to talk. He's, he's still alive. He's not coaching PC North. But um, I just love the way he uh, would respond to stuff in my articles uh, for the Tribune and John Helsley from the Oklahoman. But, you know, Going into this game, it was like, okay, this is going to be a Midwest City dynasty. That's kind of what we thought, right? That's what we thought, and, and they they were a very talented team, Midwest City. I mean, they were they were they were propelled on their on their running attack by Vernon Maxwell and Rodney Rideau, and, and both those guys played both ways. Uh, they were very talented players. Absolutely, and of course, uh, of course, Midwest City did make it to the um, state title game the next year in '96. Got beat, uh, I believe, by Jinx, and so that kind of started that right. that, that run. Uh, by the way, that sent me down a rabbit hole too to figure out where Vernon Maxwell was. And by the way, he's coaching uh, uh, softball at McGinnis. He's an assistant softball coach at McGinnis. In case you wanted to know, wow, whatever happened to Vernon <laughs> Maxwell? Because um, Vernon Maxwell, yeah, I mean, we, we talk about his football prowess, obviously, mm-hmm. but and and he he uh, seemed like he was signed with Tennessee. To play football at Correct. one point, mm-hmm. but really it was minor league baseball that that uh, that he ended up playing. Yeah, drafted by the Padres, they traded him a year uh, later to the Yankees, and I think he ended up in two twenty four 
in in the minors, making it up to Class A, but just really couldn't make adjustments. Thank everybody. The stuff I read, they basically said he had the tools. He just could not adjust to the the breaking pitches and stuff. Struck out a lot, um, which was I think probably the thing that kind of ended up the Yankees ended up releasing him. Um, but uh, and then actually was going to go back and play for OU. I don't know if you remember this or not, but yeah, uh, enrolled mm-hmm. at OU and was going to go play for Mike Stoops in that OU defense. And then I I don't know a lot about what happened, but just never reported. In in the in, in August there of ninety uh, nine and nothing ever happened with it so uh, and that kind of ended his uh, his career but obviously he was a parade all American as a football player so he was a a great um, two sport star and I guess he supposedly was a good wrestler too which you know, it's interesting ran, ran for a bunch of yards and right and yes I remember uh, I was looking up a John Helsley story we were talking about John Helsley right. Uh, that that basically was talking about Vernon Maxwell and his in his decision to make uh, between football and, and pro baseball, and you know he he was a uh, a two sports star much like Matt Holiday was. Uh, they were trying to figure out if he was going to play football or or baseball, and he chose baseball, and it, and it really worked out for him. Yeah, it did, it did. But uh, interesting uh, to kind of go down that rabbit hole because how good was Vernon Maxwell back in the day? Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, coming into this game, PC North, a big underdog. Um, I think a lot of folks that thought, well, they got a good bracket there. They got a you know good bracket. I guess the, the, the number one t- team, number two and number three, all were on the same side of the bracket. So, um, uh, the uh, Midwest city had beaten jinx in, um, um, the semifinals and, uh, and, and PC North got in and they had gotten beat earlier uh, in the season, I don't know if you had covered that game or not in that 95 season. Uh, they got uh, throttled by the Bombers who shut them out. Um, but, uh, really? yeah, I think it was like, it was something like 32 to nothing, 36, nothing, something like that. Um, okay. yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, what were your thoughts back then in 95 going to this game? Did you kind of think, okay, we have a chance or was it kind of like, uh, this is going to be a tough road to hoe? Well, there's, there's no no doubt about it. That that Midwest City team was very talented, and and you have to think that they were favored entering that game. But PC North, the reason why they got there, I mean, they 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 really came together in, in that playoff run. Um, and I think that that playoff run started off with a with an overtime win over Norman, and so uh, that was really amazing. And uh, it took a, a lot of uh, a lot of guts uh, to to beat to win that win that game. It was it was in some really really cruddy weather, uh, and I think I think one one key that was was that Kirk 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 Garnett was a guy who uh, he'd been playing defense most of the year, and then they decided to to uh, use him more on offense for the playoffs. Uh, so that was that was one key. Uh, he he was a bruiser uh, bruising uh, type of running back, and then also. Uh, uh, what was what was intriguing about that North team was the linemen on that team. Uh, you got Barry Holman and you got uh, Zach Aiken. Both of those guys really went on to some really good college careers on both sides of the of the uh, of the Bedlam rivalry. And I like it when you bring up linemen, being a former offensive guard, because uh, we can talk about Vernon Maxwell all day and 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 such. But uh, you know the linemen don't always get the 
the the the cred, but obviously that was a big part of of this team. I think they were ranked number eleven going in, I guess, to the playoffs, or at least when this happened, uh, and a number one versus a number eleven matchup. But yeah, they kind of got hot at the right time and and really really played well. I think they they ended up before this loss were on a winning streak, a, a pretty good winning streak after this. Um, it might have even ended. I can't remember. I should have looked it up after the Midwest City loss and in, in week number five, I believe the week was the the Midwest City loss in the regular season. Um, so you kind of thought it would be a tough deal, but this was a team, a hot Pum City North team that, um, you know, that maybe had a chance to see. I know that, uh, you know, Bob Wilson probably putting a, a good spin on it, but his thought was, well, it's not the same team that lost to Midwest City in week number five. We've had more experience, that type of thing. We're more prepared for this, but uh, they just weren't prepared for that uh, that night. December 1st, 1995, Lewis Field in Stillwater. That tells you how old this game is. Uh, no Boone wow. Pickens Stadium. It was not named Boone Pickens Stadium. And um, and it was just kind of one of those deals where, and I think it was uh, similar to the first game, that uh, the Panthers struggled on offense and just really couldn't uh, – they could not stop uh, the Bombers from uh, the big plays. They would, you know, play well, and then it would be all for naught because of a big play f- from Midwest City. Well, you know, we're playing on that turf uh, over over at Lewis Field, and uh, the team speed from Midwest City sure, sh- sure did show up. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, And, you know, this is a PC North program that ha- you know, has won state title with, with Mike Little. Um, so, um, it was kind of in the mix for a little bit there. Um, you know, I think we've seen kind of a resurgence in later years here as we're recording this, but, uh, this is a, a, a proud Putnam City North program as well. Right. And, and you bring up Bob Wilson and, and he was, uh, the successor to, to Mike Little and, uh, the defensive coordinator and Mike Little and they knew what, uh, under, under Bob Wilson, uh, they continued that streak uh, of, of playoff appearances and, uh, just year after year w- w- was making the playoffs. And so uh, that team was seasoned, uh, so, so they knew to turn it on when the playoffs came around. Uh, and then eventually, uh, in 01, uh, Putnam City North uh, made it back to the state championship game right. and got beat by Jinx. Uh, uh, and Matt Warren was the uh, was the – uh, quarterback of that team and really was uh, was the uh, linchpin for that team. And then also you had Aaron Ivey, uh, speedster, and uh, they were really built around that passing attack uh, uh, back then in 01. And Coach Wilson continued to have some success, you know, obviously uh, coaching Sam Bradford. Um, and I, I drive across Sam Bradford, uh, his street there by PC North all the time. I don't live too far from PC North. Um, and, of course, him going to OU – uh, and of course playing in the NFL, but, um, you know, uh, so he obviously had success just recently retired uh, a few years back from Putnam city North, a, a great career for, from Bob Wilson. Can't forget about kind of the, the impact he made. And of course, Mike little made impacts wherever he w- went, um, uh, coaching, uh, many places. Sam Bradford, uh, went, the, his team, uh, I, I believe is his junior year made it the state semifinals. Okay. Uh, I believe they fell fell short to Union, uh, and then uh, uh, it, it was Sam Bradford and uh, uh, and and the uh, there was a running back, uh, the very talented running back, who made the NFL, who was also on that team. 
So once again, it's a roadblock of jinx and union. We've talked about it a few times. We'll talk about it a lot in the second segment about what has happened since then. But going back to that ball game, you know, we just could not, Pepsi North could not get past uh, the Bombers, and so they win their second straight. Going back to that ball game, Rich, think, and thinking about would you have ever thought, okay, this would be the last time in this whole jinx union um, and, and, and such Tulsa area, you know, schools would just dominate for, I mean, decades. <laughs> would that ever have crossed your mind? No. Um, you know, it was, it was in fact a, a kind of a joke back in the day that West is best and, and that uh, the West side of the state was going to dominate and, go, and would continue to dominate. But obviously that didn't last. And, and here we are, uh, and, and years later, it's the East side that's, uh, that's really dominating. Doesn't rhyme though. I don't know how you do anything with East, um, but East, East is the beast. I, I guess East beast mode. I don't know East mode. I don't know. Uh, Jinx did win in '93, but before then, it had been a lot. It had been a lot of different schools from all uh, parts of the state that have, had won the 6A, and then we, we kind of will go back and look at 5A as well. But um, great squads. PC North obviously right there, and had been like you said had been a playoff team. And was able to to get to the state title game and 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 had a, I think they had a, a better shot than a lot of folks thought they did. But like you said, it was just too much. Midwest City, the Bombers were just uh, too good to overcome. Coming up in the second segment, we'll talk about what has happened since, and it's been a lot of great things for the nine one eight. Coming up, we're, it's Retro Metro Sports right here on Crossover Radio Sports. Has your business or organization spent a fortune on printers only to have them break down constantly and need maintenance or other care? Try Cartridge World's Why Buy a Printer program. It's completely customizable to your business's needs, and they bring the printer to you with no upfront costs or maintenance fees. Just purchase your toner and ink through Cartridge World and let them take care of the rest. So stop by or call Cartridge World today and stop fighting with your printer. You can call 405-359-8765 or stop by at 1704 South Broadway in Edmond. Welcome back in Retro Metro Sports on Crossover Radio Sports. Joel Reagan along with Rich Tortorelli, the Assistant Athletic Director for Sports Information at Oklahoma City University. But way back in the day covering PC North and Midwest City. The last time the West was best in Oklahoma in Class 6A in the state football championship. And you, uh, were, well, while we were in the break, you remember the uh, the NFL star for, uh, for uh, Putnam City North in the early 2000s. Right. Deji Kareem uh, had, had, his, yes. had his chance with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Indiana Col- Indianapolis Colts. There you go. So, Talked about how PC North progressed after that. They still had some some success, but after that, for the West Side, um, it became all Jinx and all Union. And recently, Owasso's commit kind of been added to the mix. Uh, Jinx would go on to beat Midwest City in '96, 28-17. They'd win again five more times than Union and Jinx. It became kind of a back and forth battle through the. 2000s into the 2010s and then what was your thought when 6a2 um began what 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 did you think about them making uh, dividing 6a into two divisions you know uh 
I, obviously it was brought up and, and, and decided to, to, to divide them up. Uh, and, uh, it was meant to, to make it easier for, uh, those lower enrollment teams. Uh, well, I mean, it can't all always, always be all about enrollment in the numbers, but obviously it, it makes, it makes a difference. Uh, but the thought was, is that when, when you have the lowest, uh, when you have class six, a, and it's, it's divided into 32 teams, how can, how can the, the, the top team and the 32 team compete against each other when you consider their enrollments? Uh, but who know, who knew, uh, what was going to happen that, that it was just going to be more of the same. East, uh, East winning both, both of them, uh, both the divisions and Bixby has been very, very dominant in the, in the second division. Right. And then Booker T Washington, who's been a, a school that was had success in the past as well, but, uh, they were also a winner in 2017 that started in 2014 and Bixby became that squad. Well, let's talk enrollment. Well, I, actually, before we do that, let me just say, you could also argue, I don't think anybody from the OSSAA would ever say this, that it would say, okay, we'll give somebody from the West side who's most likely a lower enrollment school compared to some of the massive schools on in the Tulsa area. We'll give them a chance. You would never say we'll give a West you know, side team a chance to win, but I think a lot of folks kind of understood the elephant in the room there. Right. And, and Lawton has been that West team that has, has been uh, the runner up on in the division two and then Norman North has also been a runner-up uh, in Division One. Right. Yep. Exactly. Well, let's talk about numbers. And I unfortunately don't have it in front of me here. I did look up the ADM for the past year, and yes, dominated a lot by um, you know Jinx and Union are way up there. Broken Arrow, one of those schools as well, uh, and they've won a title in 2018. Um, but also, you got the Mustangs. Um, they're up there. UConn is a big school. Um, uh, you know, obviously Edmund, they split Norman split. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about that when they split Edmund's getting ready to split again, uh, here in the next few years as well. Uh, more split. Um, uh, they split it the first time in the early nineties. Um, and then of course split again with Southmore. Um, do you think it's just strictly a numbers thing? You got more kids to choose from. So you, so therefore you can have better teams. We can bring up uh, some other uh, aspects to this. It's just tradition. I mean, uh, you start thinking about uh, the tradition that, that Jinx has built, that Union has built. And uh, for a while there, uh, Putnam City North and Jinx were, were playing each other uh, uh, in, in the non-district. And uh, Jinx ended up uh, uh, sweeping that series. Uh, they played home and home. Right. And, you know, you know, if you think about it, uh, just Jinx had, had, had was starting to really build that tradition and that mystique, and uh, w- also another part of this is that you have Jinx and Union, and they've they've met each other ten times in that in that state championship game. Well, the the Jinx Union game always always gets played early in the season, and it has the most hype. It, it's always circled as as the game of the year, the backyard bowl. Yes, uh, that. Yeah, and that's always it's always going to prepare Jinx and Union to to be better than the rest. Um, they're they're always going to be preparing each other to to play uh, uh, well the rest of the season because they've played what they what everybody says is the game of the year uh, early in the year. 
So it's just the numbers and also just adding those teams have built these traditions over these years. And, of course, I'm sure that means they get guys to come out, which maybe I don't know if that's the case, not the case. I mean, on the other side, I mean, if you go back and look um, before um, this shift in 1996, you know, it was a you know Midwest City won some titles. Jinx, Norman, PC North won in 91. Then Lawton Ike, there was a team that was good in the early 90s and the 80s. Edmund Memorial and won in, won in 89. Midwest City, Lawton Wolverines were obviously really, really good. Uh, Muskogee, there's a team that uh, from the, the east side. Midwest City, Booker T. Enid um, won in 83. And then Jinx, and that was when they started 5A. So from some of those 80s numbers, that's when 5A was the largest class in Oklahoma. And then in 4A uh, in 81 was the highest. That's the one I remember because my dad was coaching at Putnam City West. They beat Tulsa McLean for the 4A title. So it, it, before that, you see kind of, you know, Lawton area, Oklahoma City area, Tulsa area. You see a, a, and you see a lot of uh, variety, I guess you'd say. Uh, a lot of, I won't say parody, but you, you, anybody had a chance to win at that point. And then, then there, you're talking about some of the individual talent that, that's been out there on the east side. Uh, Corey Callens, uh, Rocky mm-hmm. Callens, and Kiwan Jones, you know? <laughs> you, uh, yeah, you can't just say Kiwan Jones. You have to say Kiwan Jones. It's a, it's a lie. So, and then there's... Yeah, and Ben Bowling uh, fr- uh, was also another Jinx uh, guy. All these guys have been been Player of the Year uh, type of guys uh, from Jinx. Uh, Garrett Mills, uh, Tanner Shuck, Mark Ginther. Uh, but then also from Union, uh, you had Josh Blankenship. Uh, you had uh, Dominique Franks. Uh, and then bef- uh, before uh, this, this East Side uh, startup, Justin Fuente. Right. He was another player of the year type of guy from, from Union. A lot of great talent, you know. And I remember on the West Side, too, you've got, you know, Duell Brewer. You've got Jay Foster. You've got all kinds of guys uh, who, who were, were big talents on the West Side. I'm just trying to figure out, did they just get on such a roll that no one can stop them? Because Jinx has 16 titles. They've got 14 in the 5A, 6A era. Uh, Booker T's got nine titles. That's two in the 5A, 6A era. So it hasn't always... Um, it's not always East Side. It's, you know, Tulsa Public Schools haven't always had this massive success, right? Uh, Union, well, in, go, sorry, in, go ahead. Well, when, when, when you just get the ball rolling, yeah. Uh, tradition uh, really uh, uh, is a big part of, of, uh, of being able to win. Uh, and, and you mentioned bringing out the, just bringing out kids, right? Right. Uh, and, then, and then also you're playing with confidence. You're playing downhill. Uh, when, when you have t- tradition on your side, uh, you, you just have confidence. Uh, uh, you know, it's a big, big part of what, what makes, a, makes OU a great program. True, true, true. Union, eight of their nine have been in the 5A, 6A era. Muskogee's had one title in the 5A, 6A era. They won a bunch, I guess I'm sure, in lower classes. Lawton, six titles, one in the 5A, 6A era. Uh, Midwest City obviously had success early on. They've got four in the 5A, 6A era, and they have five total. Norman's got five titles, only one in this modern era. I guess we'll call it the modern era because it sounds better. And, of course, Capitol Hill hasn't had anything. And Owasso has two of their three in this era, this modern era. Um, so what happens? I mean, I, get, I, I understand playing downhill, but I don't think we've ever seen anything. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go back and look at all the – 
over 100 years of high school football in Oklahoma and look, but we haven't seen anything like this, I don't think, for decades, right? I understand dynasties. I understand that, but we're we're looking at it now, and it seems like it's just been a baton that's been handed off because, you know, uh, for their sake, Union and Jinx are not as good as they have been three or four years ago. They're still uh, up there. Jinx still, uh, you know, made the 6A1 title game and lost to Owasso, but we've just kind of starting to see a little bit of a, a handoff to now Owasso, a school not very far away, and is it just a psyche on the West side where the West, it's now in the West's head, um, maybe coaches and it gets to the players and, you know, the media talks about it like us, that they can't overcome this? Uh, maybe. Uh, and, and, you know, one, one thing that uh, if you want to talk about the coaches, uh, Alan Trimble uh, mm-hmm. was the longtime uh, coach for coach at Jinx, the late Alan Trimble. And, and then you've got Bill Blankenship, uh, he he was he got his start in in Edmond uh, at at Ed Memorial, uh, and and really helped helped uh, that program uh, uh, get get uh, get going. But then but then uh, he he shifted over to Union, and and led them to their first state championship. But now he's he's also at Owasso, and so if you want to talk about uh, uh, the shift from west to east, I I think that he's a he's, he's a pivotal figure in that. Uh, you know maybe he. He brought some of that, uh, some of that west side uh, mentality, if you if you will, uh, to the east side. Right, and also along with that, I think he might, he might have came along with this. You know, the east side started getting west side coaches. Ron Lancaster went from Enid to Jinx. Rick Jones went from Edmond Memorial to Union, and then of course Alan Tremble and Bill Blankenship were kind of able to flourish out of that. You know, that type of thing. So it did start with some west side coaches going over to the east side. And I guess it becomes a community pride thing. They're willing to spend the money. They've got the facilities. You know, we've started to see the facilities for some of the bigger schools um, change. You know, Edmonds stopped playing at Wantland Stadium, and they all have their own stadiums now. Um, you know, I, they're they're great stadiums. I won't. They're not like you know Texas sized football stadiums that type of thing. Um, the Putnam City Schools and the Putnam City Schools people might forget. Um, you know, PC North has won a title. West has won a title. Putnam City was a a had a a small sized Jinx type dynasty in the seventies. They won three titles in four years with Steve Largent, Pat Ryan, Kelly Phelps, the Van Brothers, that type of stuff. And and actually, people we've referred to the their win over PC West in overtime in seventy seven as the almost onto the OU Nebraska game of the century type scale. But they had success back in the day, and of course, Putnam City at this point is uh, one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in six A. Um, and it's not seen. So you're success. talking about the facilities, and and Mustang and Yukon have got got great facilities. They do. And each of the Putnam City schools uh, have 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 uh, have their own stadiums as well. So it's not but the facilities. Yes, I, I would say that that you're talking about Union and Jinx. Uh, their their stadiums are are, are very well regarded, and and their facilities, and and also you can talk about the system uh, that they that they're playing they, that they're playing. Uh, it's it started early uh, from the middle school on, and and they they the system perpetuates itself, and and they've learned the system until and then they get to the high school level, and they're very well trained in it. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, you know if you want to talk about hope for the west side, uh, you know there's a lot of growth in the Deer Creek area, right? And 
and they're talking about how uh, they're they're trying to build that that kind of uh, mentality and that kind of a uh, system there. Uh, and then then Mustang is is very well uh, very well uh, populated and very well uh, uh, growing as as a as a community. So that brings me to my last question. We have about a minute. Um, so of the West Side teams, who is primed to break through? It seems like though uh, we've talked about this every every year though. Sure. Uh, you know who is that West team that's going to going to break through? And uh, you know, no, uh, I, I talked about that Jinx Union game. There and there are rivalry games on the West Side, but uh, the rivalry games aren't as uh, uh, they they don't create that kind of uh, uh, edge or whatever, uh, if you will. Uh, that that the East that that Jinx Union game does. You know, there is Mustang Yukon. There is there is the Edlam games. Uh, right. Uh, the Moore War, but. Uh, you know, you can't you can't say that both of those both of those teams are of that caliber of Jinx and Union. So it's hard to say that there's going to be a, another West team that can that can bring uh, get get uh, get the the state title back to the West Side. Uh, but we but we will say uh, that you know the East Side is dominating. The West Side did dominate earlier, and you brought up that that 70s era where. Where it was Putnam City, the Putnam City uh, schools that were that were dominating, so you you would think or hope that uh, there would be a uh, that would go in cycles, and that that you would think that uh, there has to be a time where the West Side can can get back uh, to where it once was. So basically, we don't really have any idea, and I don't, in my opinion, I don't see any. I can't see anything. I can't see any team come up. I can't see any schools uh, come up to be that next team. But uh, fascinating to see what has happened since that fateful night, Rich, December 1st, 1995 at Lewis Field in Stillwater and what has changed in Oklahoma high school football. Rich Tortorelli, he's the assistant athletic director for uh, uh, sports information, uh, Oklahoma City University. Rich, really appreciate you spending some time with me reminiscing and talking about uh, what has happened since then. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joel. Uh, We'll do it again. All right. This is Retro Metro Sports here on Crossover Radio Sports. I'm Joel Reagan. Have a great day.